Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. All right, let's go to the Word together this morning, and we are revisiting the Word that God gave us for 2019. The Word was enlarged, and I've been thinking so much about this the whole year. I'm not sure about you, but enlarged doesn't always look like the way that I expect it to look. But I believe that every Christian, every follower of Christ is destined for a great life. I believe that. I really do. Uh, Not necessarily a famous life or a spectacular life. Thank you, Tanya. Uh, But when the Scripture says that you and I are a part of Christ's body, well, you know that means that there's no insignificant part of your body. Every single part matters. So you may be a visible part, a part that everyone can see and celebrate. Or maybe you might be, well, I'm a part of the body, but you know, no one ever sees it. Like right now, you cannot see my toes. They are covered in these shoes. But trust me, even though these toes for the last 10 million steps, I've not given them a moment's thought. I don't think about my toes very often. I don't get pedicures. Maybe I should but I don't get them. I've never had one. Not sure. I think I'm so ticklish. I couldn't stand anyone touching my feet. But anyway, you know, you don't even see them. But trust me, I remember once cracking my big toe on a rock uh, and bruising that big toe. And you know, the 10 million steps before it, I never noticed, but the 10,000 after it, I really became aware of how important my big toe is. So if you are just a big toe in the body of Christ, that's okay. You still matter. You're still important. Tell the person next to you, you matter. You matter. In John 10 and verse 10, these are the words of Jesus. He said, The thief, that's the devil, does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy. Listen to what Jesus said. I have come that they may have life. That would be great. But He goes on and says, And that they may have it more abundantly. That literally means that the will of God for you, come on, is to give you a larger life than the one you have. Every single believer, no matter who you are, is destined for a larger life. Someone was telling me this week about one of our new believers, so totally not from a background of church in any way, shape or form, came to Christ only recently, but already without anyone prompting, no urging, no pressure, no preaching to it. They simply came up and said, I feel like I want to contribute. Where can I serve? And so I know that it's part of the DNA that the Holy Spirit brings when we are born again. There is something of the Holy Spirit that keeps whispering to you, but wait, there's more. It doesn't matter how much you've seen. It doesn't matter how much you may have done. There's so much more for your life. I read this week the biography of William Wilberforce, so famous for being one of the key people ending the slave trade out of Africa across into the Indies, particularly uh, a, a British man that they never expected to live. 
He was so slight of build, had lung problems and digestive problems almost all of his life, nearly lost his life to illness on a number of occasions. And yet this young man who had grown up with wealth around him all the time, and yet somehow or other, when he finally found Christ, he'd always had religion. But when he found Jesus, all of a sudden the thing that changed the most was he said, I know my life is meant to count for something larger than simply my own enjoyment, larger than simply what I can achieve. That man went on to become a Member of Parliament and led and championed the cause of uh, abolishing of slavery, was responsible 20 years after they passed the law for the emancipation in one moment of 800,000 people that had been slaves, setting them free. Eight, can you imagine that? 800,000 people. They say that it's the largest single moment of social shift in all of history. 800,000 people released in a moment. And by the way, he had time to found the RSPCA as well. Uh, here is a man that had everything against him physically. And yet, because when he became a part of the body, there was something in him that said, I'm destined for a larger life. The truth is the spirit of the kingdom is always to enlarge. The world makes it about me, about my needs, but the kingdom is about, uh, about God and about others. But here's the thing I wanna zero in on today. Because I've been thinking about this all year. I felt like enlarge was a word from God and not just a theme or a slogan or anything silly like that. It's more than that. And so I've been thinking about enlarge and the fact that often enlarge is a journey. It's not a, a just a kind of bang and open the doors and here we go and it's all amazing. Enlarge is a journey. So here's a couple of things for you to think on, chew on this morning. Number one is that enlarge does not necessarily mean an easier life. We like to think that so. It doesn't, of course, necessarily mean a hard life, but it's not always an easy one. Isn't it true that something worth having is worth fighting for? Isn't it true that something that's great will always encounter opposition? A large vision is only a vision from God. Listen, if it takes you past comfort and convenience, if you can lay it down, if you can just give it up, if you can simply stand aside, if you can step back from the thing that you say is your vision, if you can simply change your mind and go in a different direction, if you can simply go, well, it's not convenient right now, or that would be too uncomfortable, or that would cost too much, then I would say to you that probably you may have a vision, but the vision doesn't yet have you. Because I've discovered that when a vision gets you, there is no price too great, there is no discomfort to insurmountable. You will want to pursue that thing. A large vision. And I pray you'll have one. I pray everybody that ever listens to any of these messages, no matter where you are around the world. I found out this week, there's a church in Germany now that's getting these messages. Well, God bless you and Gesundheit, uh, I guess. Uh, and Guten Abend. And that's about it, really. 
Uh, but wherever you are, I pray that you are absolutely engaged with a great vision for your life with every fibre of my being. And I love the fact, Pastor Bruce is up in Kununurra. Bruce Connell, that is not that Bruce. Uh, he's up in Kununurra, which is a town of what, a thousand? Roughly 2,000? 7,000. Well, 5,000 were away when I was there last time. But anyway, 7,000, really? 7,000 people, good coffee up there too. Uh, 7,000 people, not exactly the, you know, close to a capital city. It's three and a half hours flying time. And who would think that out of a town of 7,000, you could really make much difference? There are only a thousand Ks from the, from the Darwin or the Northern Territory border or something. It's close anyhow. Uh, and who could imagine such a thing? But you see, it's never about where you are. It's about the size of the vision inside of you. It's not about your job or how big your bank account is or how many people you know or how much schooling or education you've had or haven't had. It's not about those things. It's really about, I feel like for 31 years since we started uh, this church as a vision from God, I feel like the sound has always been the same, that there's something great for your life, that you can make a difference, that God wants you to make a difference, that you're meant to change the world around about you and be a part of celebrating all the greatness of the Gospel of Jesus Christ and see the effect of that. Go into all the world and make a difference in Jesus' Name. Give the Lord a big hand for what He's given you in your life. Amen. A larger life doesn't always mean an easier life. Faith always asks you to step out. When Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Where did he get that from? I guarantee it's because echoing in his mind was the first sentence he ever heard from Jesus. Come, come. Do you know the last thing in Scripture that the Holy Spirit says? Come, come, come out of where you are. Come on, come out of your intimidation. Come on, come out of your self-consciousness. Come on, come out of the fears. Come on, come out of your history. Yeah, I know all that stuff happened in your life, but come out of that. Step out of that into something great. Matthew 16, verse 24, Jesus said to His disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. So it's not necessarily an easy life. Not always a hard one. Here's the second thing, a large life or a larger life is not always a linear life. What do I mean by that? Well, it's not always just a steady, straight, upward path. You know, I'm on the road from misery to happiness. So yeah, uh-huh, 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 yeah. That's all I know, that's all. Proverbs 15 verse 24 says the way of life winds upward for the wise. It winds. It's not always just straight. It's not always simple. It's not even always clear. Some of you are wondering why on earth this tree is standing beside this table. This is a nectarine tree. And for those of you that are listening and are not watching, it has little nectarines on it. And I want to read to you from John 15, verse 1. 
just the first couple of verses. It says this, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that doesn't bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Behold the secateurs of God. I want you to imagine that you are the vine because you certainly are a part of the vine. You're some of the branches of the vine. And I can imagine, you know, this little old tree is here and along comes the vine dresser and goes, no fruit. Some of you gasp like it was a, I've just hurt it. It's a branch. It's okay. I just, for those of you listening, I just chopped a branch. I've had no fruit on it. Serves it right. <laughs> and lots of us here, that's the way we think. We look at people that aren't doing much and go, well, who cares? Serves them right. Doesn't really matter. And wouldn't it be right if that was where it stopped? And we could all go, well, I'm bearing fruit, so I'm safe. But verse 2 says, and every branch in me, that bears fruit. Watch this, because I'm going to ask you a deep and important question in a minute. Ready? So we chopped off the one that doesn't bear fruit. Verse 2 says, He comes along with the one that does and goes, Now, let me ask you a question. Was the action different for the one that had no fruit to the one that had fruit? Come on, think about it, man. This is a very important question. Was the action different for the one that had no fruit to the one that had it? Exactly the same, wasn't it? And we look at that and go, hold a second, Lord. I'm your child. I find rest. I find peace. I find safety in your love. I get pruned no matter what I've done. All my little fruit, ooh, ooh. And something happens to each one of our lives and the same thing happens. And we go, hold on a second, Lord. That's not fair. That's not fair. I bore fruit. God, I get that you chop this guy off because he was useless. He was just ornamental. He wasn't doing anything. He had every chance. He was on the same tree. He didn't bear any fruit. Says him right. But Lord, I am your servant. I am the nectarine of your eye. Lord, how come? And the Scripture goes on and tells us exactly why, doesn't it? It says, In every branch that bears fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. And so when I say that a larger life is not a linear life, I mean, sometimes in your life, there's going to be some things taken away and you're going to go, have you, like, hello? Are you kidding me? 
Are you serious? Tonight I'm speaking on reversal of fortune. Sometimes what you think is the worst thing in your life is actually the best thing in your life. Bad is never permanent. Good is always coming. But a larger life doesn't necessarily mean a linear life. So you and I have got to be able to say, God, I trust the master gardener that he knows what he's doing. I trust you, Lord, that if there's pruning happening in my life, if there's things being taken away. Just this week, I, I know this couple and, and uh, I think they're both here, but uh, you know, we're within a week uh, of each other, they both lost their jobs. And you go, are you kidding me? Like that's bad. That's a terrible thing to have happen. But within a couple of weeks, they both get better jobs, paying significantly more. And I think, I guarantee they never would have looked for those better jobs if they hadn't lost the first ones. So enlarge doesn't absolutely mean an easy, simple time. Sometimes what enlarge means is I'm gonna go on a journey that's gonna wind and God is gonna bring me out but His purpose always is more fruit. His purpose is that I'll bear a lot more. Now, I'm pretty sure I pruned that badly. Sorry, Alan. Alan's a horticultural scientist and uh, he will be able to tell you. about. It. By the way, has anybody here just moved into a new house? Any young couples here, you've moved into a new home and I don't care whether it's rent or not, right up there, where are you? Just standing up, let me see you. Oh, is that Sarah and... And Sudeep, come on down here, Sarah, because you're going to get yourself a beautiful nectarine. Come on. Sarah Newley, how are you? There you go. That's for you. Thank you. Take it home. Don't ask me how to look after it. I haven't got a clue. Oh, do you want this bit? I'm going to take that home and plant that. I'm pretty sure I can get that to grow. A larger life doesn't mean an easy one. It's not always a linear life. Here's the third thing. A larger life is not an alone life. I've heard people say, oh, it's lonely at the top. And I think, well, that sounds like failure to me. Sounds to me like someone never took someone else with them. Whereas Jesus in Matthew 5, verse 1, when Jesus saw His ministry drawing huge crowds, He climbed a hillside those who were apprenticed to Him, the committed, climbed with Him. And then He sat down and taught them. Jesus never took people alone. He never was just on His own. He took people with Him on the journey. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 is a beautiful Scripture. It says this, it says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfil the law of Christ. Think about that a minute. That means that if I am not a burden bearer for others, I cannot fulfil the law of Christ, no matter how much of the Bible I read, no matter how many prayers I pray, no matter how uh, righteous I am in my behaviour, it says to fulfil the law of Christ, I've actually got to bear somebody else's burdens, not just my own. Together appears in the Bible over 400 times. One another appears over 200 times. So 600 plus times, we are told that an authentic Christian life 
is a together life. So even though you're here this morning or watching or listening, my question is, have you found your together? Please, you don't have to do the journey alone. Not everybody in the world's going to be your friend. Not every Christian you meet is going to pal up with you and become your BFF. But somebody will. Instead of going looking for a friend, go looking to be one. Amen. So many people are standing around saying, who's going to bear my burdens? Yeah, I've got all these problems. Where is, where is someone? I need help. And they always got their hand up in the air for, I need help, I need help, I need help. The Scripture doesn't say that you should stand still and wait for someone to come and bear your burdens. It says the fulfilling the law of Christ is not that your burdens are carried, but that you carry someone else's. And I've never seen a believer yet, no matter how broke they were, how down on their, their you know, uh, whatever it is, how at the bottom they felt, how emotionally broken they felt and seemed that could not do something to help somebody else. That couldn't find some way to bear somebody else's burdens in life. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Now that's like taking Colts to Newcastle to preach that in this church. Because quite frankly, you are the most phenomenal, serving, generous, godly, giving people that exist in any church on the entire planet Earth. Well, I think so. And I'm completely unbiased. Of course. I, I, I sincerely believe that, by the way. I think it's the most incredible church in terms of the heart of people to say, let me help. How can I do this? How can I step out of that? When you see the, some of the stuff that goes on and the ministries that take place, it's quite an incredible thing that, that's happening all the time around about us. But I, I'm saying this because maybe you're sitting here and you go, Jeff, I'm, I'm just kind of here and, and I don't really have it together. And I'm asking you, would you start looking to find your together? Not your acquaintances, not the people you wave at, not the people that just happen to go, you know, Look, I'm pretty sure I know their name. What is it again? I'm talking about somebody that forms a part of your followership of Christ. Have you found you together in Jesus' name? Amen? Amen. Well, the fourth thing is that a larger life is an ongoing life. It's an ongoing life, isn't it? Proverbs 15 verse 24, I already quoted to you. The, the path of the way of life winds upward for the wise. Proverbs 4 verse 18 says this, the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines more and more ever brighter under the perfect day. And that phrase there, ever brighter, that shines ever brighter is in what's called the present continuous tense. It means it's got no end. In other words, you're never going to get to the point where you go, you know what? I've got all the Holy Spirit there is to get. I was thinking about this early this morning. And I was sitting there thinking about divine hunger and about something inside of your life that just provokes you to say there's more. That means that though you're grateful to God for what He's done, you are satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. That no matter how good it gets, no matter how much you see, you still feel like there's more. I'm still provoked for miracles. After all these years and all the miracles I've seen God do, but I still feel like, but wait, 
there's more. I don't feel like the age of miracles is past at all. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface of what God wants to do. This year, we have seen more extraordinary and supernatural salvations of people. People coming to Christ and their life being changed, transformed, not not kind of signing up to the church, but an inward work of Jesus in their life. And if, if only I could uh, bring them up and tell you their stories, some of you here would be aghast because you never knew that that was happening around about you, that the person who put up their hand came from that place and from that spiritual environment. And now they are saying yes to Jesus and look how their life has changed. And I, I say to you, more people are coming to Jesus now than have ever come to Christ before. But they're not just a hand up or a yes text. They are people whose lives are being profoundly changed by Jesus coming in. And I know that for all of us here, our hunger and our thirsting for an ongoing life with Christ, that there is more for every single one of us, that we understand that we have a destiny, not a destination. And some people grow until it's difficult or opposition arises. Some people, uh, you know, grow until a crisis or disappointment comes. And if you've been living long enough, you will have experienced some of those things. I think one of the hardest tasks in life is to grow past the disappointments that come your way. I read this this morning in uh, Judges chapter 16. It won't be on the screen. This is uh, uh, Samson, the story of Samson, the man who's gifted by God with the most incredible strength. And I'm going to read this to you because I want you to understand that it's not just that God can turn the bad that happens to us for good, but God can turn the bad we do. Because Samson fails. He goes and decides he wants a wife out of the people that God had forbidden him to take a wife from. And he knowingly disobeys. And he says, I want her anyway. And when that didn't work out and she got given to someone else, then he found another one, a Philistine. And he goes after Delilah. And most of us here know the story that finally he confides the secret of his strength. And when they get him, they put out his eyes. But thank God that the loss of your physical sight does not mean the loss of your vision. Because this guy loses his physical sight. They literally burn his eyes out of his head. And in verse 22, it says, However, however, some of you here today need a divine however in your life. Because you've been through that thing with your child. You've been through that thing in your marriage. You've been through that thing in your business. You've been through that physical condition. And it's left you now feeling like somehow or other, it's affected your ability to see beyond where you are. You think, well, has God said? And what about this? And look what happened to me. But you need a divine however in your life. And I pray that this morning that this service and this Word will be a divine however in your life. You will say, yeah, I did go through that failure. Yeah, I did step out of the will of God. Yeah, I did miss it somehow or other. I'm not sure how I did. But I believe there's a divine however of the Holy Spirit that says to you, even though that's happened. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. 
And I wonder how Samson felt. His eyes out, he can't see. There's no mirror, it would be a waste. But he begins to feel something just touching the back of his neck. And with his manacled hands grinding out the grain for these slave overlords, he does that and it doesn't fly away. And he thinks, well, it's not an insect. And finally, when they give him a rest, he reaches up and touches and starts to feel the hair starting to grow again on the back of his head. And can I say to you at that moment, the divine however gives him vision despite his loss of sight. And he starts dreaming again of what his life can be. And he says, God, I'm sorry for my failure. God, I'm sorry I never listened. God, I'm sorry I did the wrong thing. But God, will You give me one more chance? Will Your anointing come on me a second time? And when his moment comes and they bring him up for sport and put him and he says to the young boy, show Show me the pillars that this whole building is is resting on. And the boy shows him and Samson reaches out his big now even more muscly hands, stronger than ever before because of the slave work they made him do. Listen to me, some of you hear the things that the enemy has sown into your life and said those things are about your brokenness. Will you throw them off today and say, God, will you let your anointing flow on me one more time? God, God, would You do something? Come on, would You do something, God? Through my life again, God, would You breathe on me again? Come on, it's not too late. You're not too old. It's not too far. It's not so much about everything that's gone on. Would You do it one more time? Say, Holy Spirit, come on. Lord, do one more thing in my life. (laughs) Says here, then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Verse 30, and he pushed with all of his might and the temple fell on the lords and all the people are in it. So the dead he killed in his death when more than he'd ever killed in his whole life. Can I say to you today that a larger life is not a life without failure. A larger life is not the pristine, I did it right, I always got it done. I was always the poster child for godliness. Maybe you've screwed up so badly and you've parked the vision and you feel like metaphorically, your eyes have been pulled out. But I'm telling you here today, but the however is coming your way today in Jesus' Name. There's a, come on, there's a divine however for you. There's a divine however, regardless of what the enemy's done, regardless of how he's pushed, regardless of how he's pressured, regardless, and you've been abandoned, you've been rejected, you've been messed up. But if you let a divine however come into your life, Today, it's an ongoing life. Tonight, as I said, I'm speaking on reversal of fortune. Bad is never permanent. Good is always coming. Let me give you the last one. Number five, a larger life is a consistent life. It's not about a great moment. Thank God for those. But it's not about that. I've been banging on about this for so long. Jesus, as His custom was, went up to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. I never get past that. I think that's so incredible. If anybody in the world never needed to go to church. I've had people say, no, I don't need church. I go, well, Jesus did. Pretty sure you do. Unless you have created the world. 
because he did and he still went. He was the embodiment of the Word. A larger life's a consistent life. First Thessalonians 5, here's a cracker of a verse. Anybody want to challenge this week? Anybody go, look, life's too easy. I don't have enough problems. I, I think I need a goal. Come on, just give me a wave. That's you, you say life's too good. Everything's just going so swimmingly well. I, I, I just look seriously. Jeff, could you give me something to chew on for the week? Well, here it is. First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks. That's got to be the most ridiculous verse of the Bible. The only verse worse than that is husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I go, are you kidding? I'll work on the first part. Husbands love your wives. But as Christ loved the church, oh, that's another story. In everything, give thanks. A larger life is a consistently grateful life, a consistently faithful life, a consistently generous life. Let's believe for a larger life. Amen. Let's believe that God wants to bring a larger life to each one of us. Maybe not always the easiest. Maybe it's not linear. Maybe there's a bit of pruning will come our way. Maybe some of the things that we, will happen to us will go, that's not fair. But if we will do it together and we'll do it ongoing and we'll do it consistent, then I absolutely believe that every one of us will live a larger life. Amen. I'm looking forward to getting old one day. I seriously am. I really want to be like 100. Someone said to me the other day, you're serious about 120, aren't you? I said, at least 120. Seriously, people go, oh, yeah, but I don't want to be like that. I go, well, why do you have to be like that? I'm choosing the other option. I'm going to be healthy and strong. Moses was 120 and his vigour was not abated. Nor was his eye dim. Amen. That's, the, that's where I'm going. Amen. Woohoo. So I'm looking forward to being old and wise instead of young and impetuous like I am now. <laughs> Let's go for a larger life. Heavenly Father, help us today. Oh, come on. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We don't come here for a church service. We come here for church. We come here for Jesus meeting us. We come here for the Holy Spirit touching us. We come here for fellow believers rubbing up one on the other and helping to bring transformation and change in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your favour. And God, on this great journey, Lord, like that song said earlier today, wherever you lead me, I intend to follow. Whatever it costs me, I'm going to celebrate the joy of serving you in Jesus' name. God, I pray for people here today that need a divine however. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, there's people here this morning. And when I spoke about that and it wasn't in my notes, but you know that God was speaking to you, that you need a divine however in your life. That sickness, you're now gone, my life changed. Well, it can change back. It can change forward. It can change up. 
that business thing that, you know, seemed to just really knock the wind out of your sails and bring you out of hope into disappointment. Well, would you let the Holy Spirit today give you a fresh vision of your life? That, that job loss or that relationship breakdown, why don't you today, right where you are, just say, Lord, would you touch me? Would you touch me, Lord? Would you bring vision again? Come on. I feel like God is in this. That there's people here in this place, and if you'll say yes to Christ this morning, just say yes to Jesus. Lord, would you, would you let the eyesight come back? God, I might never be the same. He never got his eyes back, but he got his vision back. And your life will never be the same, but your vision can be greater in Jesus' name. If that's you, just let me hand up wherever you are. I just want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you up the back. Yep, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands are going up everywhere. Thank you over there. I see you. Yep, I see you. Just wherever you are. Maybe something of life has just made you retreat into your shell. Made you think, well, it's too hard now. I'll just settle for an easy life. Never going to go through that again. But if you let the Holy Spirit touch you. Father, for every hand that's raised, every life that is inviting you to come and energize them again, Because it truly wasn't just that Samson's hair grew. It was that his spirit grew. It was that his inner life got larger. And he believed that the end of his life could be greater than anything he'd ever done. Help those people, I pray in Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed and eyes are still closed wherever you are in this building, I do not know of anything more important than that your eternity becomes secure. Jesus spoke a lot about forever, eternity. He spoke a lot about what happens after we die. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there, you may be also. And the way I go and where I go, you know. And Thomas spoke up and said, Lord, but we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. And so Jesus turned, he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth and I'm the life. No man comes under the Father but by me. Can I say to you this morning, there is a supernatural confidence and peace that Jesus brings when He comes into a person's life. Church on its own can't do it. Jesus is the only one can perform that internal change. If you're here this morning, you say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus like that. Jeff, I've lost my way with God. I want to come back to Him today. It would be my greatest joy, my privilege to pray with you right where you said, to ask Jesus. Thank you, sir. To ask Jesus to come into your life. Is there anybody else? Just wherever you are. Slip your hand up so I can see it. Then put it back down again. I'd love to pray with you right where you are this morning. People do this in this church. Well, most services. And we love the fact that someone takes the opportunity to say yes to Christ and their life changes. Is there anybody else before I pray? Don't want to miss you out. I'll just look around the crowd. Then we're going to pray together. And that man who lifted your hand, you can say this prayer right where you sit. Lots of people are going to pray it along with you. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer to Jesus. So why don't you say this to him after me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. 
because I matter to you. I want you in my life. I need your forgiveness. I need your hope. I need your peace. I receive it. Amen. 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 Father, you see that hand and you see that heart in ways that we don't. Lord, I've lost count over the years the number of people who for that moment was their moment, transformed their life. They were never the same again. So I thank you for it. Thank you for him. Pray, God, the beginning of this journey will be so impacting. Let the joy that comes from following Jesus fill his heart. Lord, for anybody else that's watching on the YouTube channel or listening on the podcast, in the car somewhere or other, they've downloaded their listing. Touch them right where they are, God. So that person that's at the end of their rope and feels like it's really the end. They've been thinking about whether they'll even end the whole thing. But today, Lord, you want to speak a word of hope to them. I don't know who that person is. I don't know where you are. But somebody listening to me today, you're, you've been thinking about, it's too hard. It's too much. I'm just going to end it. But God is intervening in your life today. He's giving you a however moment and touching you in Jesus' name. Write to us, info at metrochurch.org.au or jeff, G-E-O-F-F at metrochurch.org.au. I'd love to hear back from you. In Jesus' name, we'll be praying for you. Amen. Amen. Let's give that person and the others a great big hand. How awesome. I love seeing people line up out of the Connect Hub out there to get a Bible. I was hearing this week about one of our new believers who has got the Bible, first Bible he's ever owned, bringing that Bible to the new Christians class and the development class, the growth class. How cool is that? So uh, if you don't have a Bible, please go see them out there and they'll show you how to get one. Well, they'll give you one, show you how to download it to your phone, whatever. Well, what a great day today is. Sarah Newley and Sadiq go home with a nectarine tree. And if you go and see Alan later, he'll tell you how to make it grow. Never tell me what you're good at because I'll tell everybody. Time's gone. Cafe's going to be open. Great opportunity to hang around. Grab a great cup of coffee out there, some snacks or whatever. Best of all, get to hang out with somebody. Tonight at five, heartstring service. It'll be beautiful for sure. So looking forward to it. Let's pray as we go. Heavenly Father, thank You for today. We love You. Lord, the journey with You is never boring. It's exciting. And we are so excited to be following You every moment of every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. See you somewhere soon and look forward to hearing the great things that God is doing in your life. God bless.